Daniel 11, verses 36 through 45. And the king shall do as he wills. He shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak astonishing things against the god of gods. He shall prosper till the indignation is accomplished, for what is decreed shall be done. He shall pay no attention to the gods of his fathers, or to the one beloved by women. He shall not pay attention to any other god, for he shall magnify himself above all. He shall honor the god of fortresses instead of these, a god whom his fathers did not know. He shall honor with gold and silver, with precious stones and costly gifts. He shall deal with the strongest fortresses with the help of a foreign god. Those who acknowledge him he shall load with honor. He shall make them rulers over many and shall divide the land for a price. At the time of the end, the king of the south shall attack him, but the king of the north shall rush upon him like a whirlwind with chariots and horsemen and with many ships. He shall come into countries and shall overflow and pass through. He shall come into the glorious land and tens of thousands shall fall, but these shall be delivered out of his hand, Edom and Moab and the main part of the Ammonites. He shall stretch out his hand against the countries and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He shall become a ruler of the treasures of gold and of silver and all the precious things of Egypt. And the Libyans and the Cushites shall follow in his train. But news from the east and the north shall alarm him, and he shall go out with fury to destroy and devote many to destruction, and he shall pitch his palatial tents between the sea and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end with none to help him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, Barrett, another sunny day in Daniel 11, ripped straight from a <laughs> Tolkien book. <laughs> right. And uh, so yeah, we got this king, you know, as Byers and I were saying, a great passage for weddings <laughs> and funerals, <laughs> uh, birthday parties, bar birthday mitzvahs. Parties. Yes, yes. <laughs> so Agreed. Uh, I know that you, you really wanted to jump in in time to catch the last slice of Daniel 11. So glad you're in the chair. Yeah, this is a great time to jump in. Uh, <laughs> I really with little to no context. You yeah. know, if if some of our listeners out there were listening and uh, were a little confused by what we were reading, you're you're not the only one. Mm. You know, I, I think a lot of us are confused. And Daniel, the the second half of Daniel is very confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, now there are some parts that I think are very clear. You think of Daniel seven and kind of the prophecy of the son of man coming on the clouds yeah. and, you know that that famous scene yeah. that jesus himself even references in relation to himself and so there are some things that are clear and, and then you get to passages like daniel 11 and you know even incredibly smart historians mm-hmm. are unsure exactly what it's referring to mm-hmm. there are there are some thoughts that this passage could be talking about uh, one of the kings that is descended from in the Seleucid kingdom. So this is kind of, you know, th- there were there were many kingdoms that took over Israel after the Babylonians, which were in the Life of Babylon series now. And uh, Life of Babylon, you know, Babylon, it moves to Persia, and Persia was the kingdom that raised up. And then you have the Greeks under Alexander the Great and, um, and, and 
and these different kingdoms, you have the Ptolemies and the Seleucid, you know, it's all these names that like we've kind of heard in some history class somewhere, mm. but we're not like real sure where they go or what it is. Uh, and so it, it can be kind of confusing. Uh, there's another thought that this passage is referring to the Antichrist, uh, what is referred to in the New Testament mm. as, as this Antichrist figure. And of course, An- there's another a- clear topic. <laughs> yeah, another crystal clear topic, <laughs> the Antichrist. Um, and, and that, you know, that topic in and of itself is very confusing as well. Yeah. And obviously, you know, these things are, I, I, I had a good friend uh, when we were overseas uh, that was with a different mission organization. And, you know, we were talking about, are you like post-mill, pre-mill, ah-mill, whatever? And he was like, he was like, I am, uh, God's going to work it all out in the end. <laughs> and, and I mean, he was a very sharp guy and yeah. it was like, the Lord's going to work it out in the end. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't think that that's a terrible view to take. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a very biblical view that, that the Lord is going to like sort it all out in the end. Yeah. Um, but when we, when we come to this passage, I mean, the one thing that I think sticks out to me, whether this is the antichrist, whether this is Antiochus, the fourth of the Seleucid kingdom or some Mm -hmm. other king that it might be referring to, maybe even Caesar of the, uh, you know, of obviously the Roman kingdom, um, whatever that it, whoever it might be referring to it, it goes through how this king is going through and and destroying all these other kingdoms and kind of you know taking names and all this and then in the last part it says and he shall pitch his palatial tents between the sea and the and the glorious holy mountain yet he shall come to his end mm. with none to help him yeah and so this is the end of this king and mm-hmm. i think what it's setting us up to see and i think what the book of daniel is setting us up to see as he kind of references back in Daniel seven, that there is another King who's going to come mm-hmm. and of his kingdom, as, as it says elsewhere in the old Testament of his kingdom, there will be no end. Mm. And, and so I, I think it's setting it, it, it up to say, there's all these Kings that are going to come and go and they're going to be terrible Kings. And they're going to do terrible things. There will be one King who is a righteous King mm-hmm. and, um, and of his kingdom, there will be no end. And he will not be like the other Kings where he goes and takes over other lands in fact, uh, very opposite. He goes in and just spreads a, a, a message that is to be received and uh, for people to follow follow this king. Yeah, you know, I think we can misunderstand prophecy in sort of the modern Christian moment where we, we tend to at least subconsciously think that prophecy is something that God gives us to immediately hear and understand right. and act upon. That is the case sometimes, you know, like, when uh, when Micah says to do justice and love kindness and walk humbly with God, that's prophecy. But we know what that, to do. Yeah, there. that's not some like effectual thing we're supposed to sit on and wait for it to. Yeah, yeah. is this about the Antichrist? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there is prophecy that's more like a an egg in a nest, and mm. um, you know, Daniel. This is referred to in the ESV as Daniel's terrifying vision, mm. like this whole sort of ten and eleven and twelve thing, mm. and so. It's not even that we have this sense that Daniel is calmly, coolly like collecting this and understanding it as he's putting it together. He's just receiving this kind of mind-bending prophecy from this messenger from God. Mm. And, you know, I think part of that, the way that we can see that play out in the church, the way that we misunderstand prophecy, obviously there's a vast spectrum of what people believe about spiritual gifts, but the side of the church that is more open to or in pursuit of prophecy 
that prophecy tends to look like a prophetic word, like God wants you to know that, you know, he loves you and you need to rest in mm-hmm. him in this season. Yeah. Or, you know, God wants you to move into a career that is more tuned towards your gifts. Yeah. It's very, you know, and, and I think that the Lord, that can be authentic and genuine sometimes, mm-hmm. but that's kind of where we draw the lines around prophecy as we understand it. And, you know, a lot of what we see in Jeremiah or Isaiah or Daniel is prophecy that frankly would not have made much sense. And Jewish religious leaders actually debated, you know, the Talmud is a book of them debating and comparing Mm -hmm. and contrasting interpretations of the law and the prophets for hundreds and hundreds of years. Mm. And so, part of, you know, the purpose of all this is that God gives a word that it's like an egg in a nest. It's there, it's real, it's important, Mm. but it's not actualized. It's not fully hatched. And the people of God are supposed to be patient and waiting to see like when in Isaiah, the people are told that there's going to be this, this ruler who will be a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, the government will rest upon his shoulders. Mm. You know, the vision of Messiah there is really different than what Jesus seemed to be, you know, when they were expecting Jesus to come up in the Roman empire, Mm -hmm. the way that that prophecy actualized was actually very different. It was much more full and rich because Jesus didn't just come and build an earthly kingdom. He, he built a kingdom that withstands all earthly kingdoms Mm -hmm. And so I think that we do need to have sort of open hands. This is less about Daniel 11 specifically and more about this sort of prophecy. I think the Antichrist is actually a great example. And I love uh, your friend who you were talking about um, saying, I'm a a God will sort it out in the end-ist. Right. Um, Because I do think that with some of this sort of stuff where, you know, maybe this king, you know, people would believe that to be, whoever you were saying or Caesar or Hitler or whoever. (laughs) And prophecy like this can sometimes be less for us to understand in the moment and more for us to be watchful for the signs to align. Mm. And that's kind of what Jesus talks about when he prophesies about the end times that you would be watchful. And so I think that that is a a bit of instruction that we should take when we read about the end times is Mm. we should just have you know, instead of slapping labels on everything, well, okay, this person must be that, or this must be that. Definitely we can interpret like the leopard that Daniel talks about. Good reason to believe that that's Alexander the Great. Yeah. But we should also be willing to, to sit on the egg, you know, and, yeah. and basically watch God's will be fulfilled through the course of human history. Right. And then that should lead us to a place of worship. Yeah. So all this weird uh, non-linear mystery that God leads his people through mm. is this massive setup to worship yeah. and understand Isaiah 55, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts aren't your thoughts. I don't work in the ways or thoughts that you would expect from me. Yeah. No, I think that's a great word. And the only small thing that I would add to that is that, you know, we don't, we don't read passages like that and, and, and think, I don't understand any of this, so I'm just going to throw this out and totally, like never totally. read Daniel 11 again. I do think the Lord put it in Scripture so that we would 
examine the the egg in the nest, yes, you know, yeah. and like walk around it and look at it from different angles and try to figure out. And it's got all these connecting lines to history and all these things that we can actually understand and look back on and and uh, you know be knowledgeable of. And so, I mean, even you know, I I'll true confession will uh, in preparation for this ODR, I did not read a Daniel commentary. Mm. But as I read this, I'm like, man, I would love to do a deep dive into Daniel yeah. again because it's just, it's so rich with so much history and then prophecy and all this stuff. So mm-hmm. study the word. And I think that will, as you said, eventually lead you around to a place of worship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, for Barrett Fisher, this is Will Carlisle. And I do think that that is a good word of our daily rhythm is not here to uh, be a all-you-can-eat, explain-everything buffet, but to whet our appetites to go deeper into the Word on our own. So, in that spirit, we'll see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.